Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Battleborn Broadcast Center. You heard it. Justin Watkins was in earlier. Good conversation. A lot of yelling between uh, he and Adam Hill. We we're actually talking about college football conference realignment. We'll get back to some of the rumors around that during the five o'clock hour. Lots of Raiders updates uh, in the NBA. See if we can find some time to uh, get the latest on the Lakers roster. Very interesting. A lot of old guys, but I thought they did a good job of signing some young dudes as well. The Knicks, New York is very excited. Kemba Walker is now a member of the Knicks. Exciting times. Not exactly the massive haul that they expected, including uh, Brad Beal and Dame Lillard. A little bit of a drop down. Still time. You know, there is still time. A lot of people are getting mad at the Lakers, and I thought the, the Lakers made a couple of shrewd signings yesterday. All right, big five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Football camps all over the place. Yep, live video running right now on Twitter and Facebook. Twitch, if you want to check that out. Uh, Raiders camp is humming along. We'll tell you about the uh, latest defensive player they're kicking the tires on in just a little bit. But UNLV camp, you know, from the outside, not a whole a lot of excitement about UNLV football after last year. The exposure wasn't that great. But I'm telling you, from a, the look, just seeing, and this is going to sound cheesy, but it does matter, and hopefully guys can play. The look of the team is much different than in years past. They are a much bigger team. Like, at every position, you can see it. You know, especially on the lines. They were an undersized defense the last couple of years, and especially on the defensive line. You know, there's a, there's a difference when you've got a guy who's, you know, 6'3 and 280 being able to play defensive tackle as opposed to a guy who's 5'11 and 250. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, you, you played at a, a low level, but I mean, there's at some point when you're a smaller defensive tackle, as an example, it's it, even tenacity and an engine, it's hard to overcome the behemoths that play well, and on even the interior if you're, in college football. Even if you're good enough to match up, even if you're good enough to play, you're going to get worn down really yeah. quickly. But just. Yep being leaned on by those bigger guys, even if you're better than that. And I thought the last couple of years that that was one of the big problems on the defensive line, not only getting worn down, but just getting the, you know, you get the hell beat out of you from an injury standpoint. And all of a sudden, then you're going three deep. And then you really do have guys out there who are, you know, 5'10 and 265 pounds trying to play on the interior. So the, the team has a better look. Now, quarterback is going to be a key position. Doug Broomfield, uh, I think, has the lead on Justin Rogers. Uh, but now Tate Martell could be in the mix. He wasn't out there today. He hasn't been cleared yet. That's uh, what Marcus Arroyo, the head coach, told us when we spoke to him. Uh, he did talk about Martell specifically. Uh, first off, uh, why did they have interest in bringing Martell in, who has bounced around you know, all over the country trying to make his way in college football? We had a conversation uh, over summer a few times, and over the uh, time we got a chance to get to know each other about our backgrounds and what we were both looking for, what our culture stands for kind of get a feel for where he's at, what he's looking for, if there was a fit, and uh, any opportunity we've got to, uh, for anybody to make our team better or to enhance our roster or to provide an opportunity for a, for a young man to, at this stage in college football to have a chance that uh, I'm willing and open to that opportunity. And uh, regardless where they are, what they're from, what their background is, 
that's kind of the platform that us as coaches at this level got to have to do. It's a hell of a story, and I have no idea how it's going to end up. Uh, it could be Tate Martell takes over the quarterback job at some point in the season, maybe early on, and they look like a much improved program. It could be he walks in two weeks. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. And it's not a thing on the kid. I just, I don't know. No, it's, it's, it's a great unknown. He has played so little over the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, he's been practicing and he's been on rosters and he's been around, but he's, he's played so little of game time. I, I think you're right. The, the range of outcomes here is such a wide parabola. I think that's the right word. Uh, it, it could go, it could go impressive anywhere. if you used it correctly. I don't know if I did or not. Uh, he could, again, I'll just reiterate what you said, but he could learn the offense quickly, win the job, have an unbelievable season, and write this crazy ending to this insane saga of, you know, top prospect, bouncing around college football, finally finding himself back home. Could absolutely happen. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think there's, there's a chance, a good chance that could happen. Could also... He could finally practice with the team and be like, "Yeah, that's not what I wanted." I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like. This. I'm done. Like anything is possible. It, it's insane, and I think that's what that's what makes this story so intriguing. We talked about it earlier. Like UNLV has been trying and, and trying to do everything they can, and trying to build and trying to get interest and, and everything they've been trying to do for years, and, and I never hear from anybody. People are blowing me up. What is going on with Tate Martell? People are interested in this story, which that can't be bad for the team already. Already there's people interested and want to find out. But certainly, if there is, you know, some final chapter to be written, people will absolutely gravitate to that. It will be a fascinating story, not just here locally, but also all across college football. I know nothing. I've watched the film I've watched. I wasn't his coach. I wasn't at those other places. I know he likes football. I know he cares about competing. He's got some some traits about him that I haven't talked to him and, and just getting a chance to meet him that I like outside of that. Uh, we get a chance to coach him. I'm excited about that. There you go. That's that's a good Can admission. We, he's like, I, I watch. I mean, he, he knows he knows him. He knows about him. I'm sure he's got the intel on him. When he said he knows nothing, he's he's also trying to back off a little bit. Like I didn't coach him. So, uh, and again, they're gonna they are going to dampen expectations until you know there's a certainty that he's he's in the mix. He's winning over teammates. He's winning over coaches. Right now, it's an experiment. If I know nothing is not already clipped as a drop, then <laughs> I don't know what Ari's doing. Number four. Wow, Scott Elliott coming in with Rebels five wins. Be wow. nice. Over. Bet the over. One Be and nice. Half. Yeah. I've had a lot of people like almost say jokingly, are they, they going to win over one and a half? They're going to win over one and a half. That's the total. I know. So bet it. Okay, I have. I'm, and I'm I, I, I told JVT, you know, John, uh, what, two weeks ago, uh, I had one of his stories from Beeson in the New York Post, and I was like, dude, that's ridiculous. They're going to win some games. He had the under? Yeah. I, I would say, uh, talking to a lot of people this morning, yeah. I would say who or where. People know where I was. Uh, it'd be hard to find somebody to bet the over. Which is, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's ridiculous. You know, people can have their opinions. So. You don't know who, who the quarterback is. I that That is a big part of it, but I also, I didn't think, I thought a couple of games they were, you know, completely outmanned. I thought there were other games that they just gassed in the middle of the third or in the fourth. It's also and, a really hard schedule. Um, this year's schedule is really, yeah, hard. It's really but, hard. But I also believe around the Mountain West there are some teams that are not that good. And I also think that those teams that aren't that good, will, if they are having some success, will let off the gas pedal. Now, this isn't, you know, this isn't some glowing review and saying they're going to win eight games. It's just that throughout a football season, 
it's hard not to win a couple of games if you're decent. Well, Steve's calling for a bowl game. I didn't. I didn't call for a bowl game. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I think it is the one one and a half is underselling some of the talent. If, how about this? If they're undefeated, will they get in the national championship playoff? Okay, <laughs> I think that's a realistic question. Okay. Uh, Scott Elliott responded with good run game. It should be. It should, should be, be better than it was a year ago. The offensive line let him down, but the, Charles Williams is a very nice running back. And uh, I like the collection of running backs I have. I think Chad Magier is going to be back in the mix. This Javon Wilson kid, listen, I got to see him play first, but you know he can kind of fill that you know midsize back role. Sammy Green, I think, if he can stay healthy, is going to be a contributor, I'll, and I'll he's kind of like a mini Courtney Reese. So I think they're going to have some weapons out of the backfield. There's zero doubt. If you if you're out there saying there's no talent on the team, no. you're insane. They they definitely upgraded talent. There's talent. There's talent in the program already. They have upgraded the talent with pieces from around. There's no question about that. I think what the issue is for a lot of people around here who have year after year after year heard about, oh, this guy's coming in, or this talented guy is coming in. Oh, they've upgraded on the offensive line and haven't seen the results. I understand why people are going to be slow to come around and why you think that, okay, I've gotten hope every year and it's never happened. I get all that. But but you have to you know, look at what's going on and say, okay, yeah, there's definitely more talent there. Will it come together and will it result in wins? That's what we need to find out. Number three. Now we're going to actually do number four now since, uh, since we were just reacting. Number four. Um, are you more worried about what UNLV football does this year or what the leadership in the Mountain West Conference does this year? It's not even close. Like, we, we know what this year is for UNLV football. It's a building year. This is such a massive year for the conference. Are the leaders of the conference doing anything right now? Are they just choosing to do it quietly while the AAC is just all blustery? Because they're getting all these headlines. It seems like they're working to the point where they pissed off Big 12 brass, where Big 12 brass is like, we're suing ESPN. Well, that, that is my favorite part of this. Before we get into the Mountain West side, my favorite thing is that people are still like, can the Big 12 do something to save itself? Maybe they'll pluck some AAC schools away. And the AAC is like, no. We'll pluck the top Big 12 schools, and we'll be the, the new power conference. We're not going to wait around for them to make up their mind. And, and I think it's instructive for everybody else. Not that it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I doubt it because I think the Big 12 has more power, and if they are going to consolidate, it'll be a Big 12 conference, not an AAC conference. I, I think it's instructive for everyone else yeah. to be, you need to go first. Mm -hmm. Don't sit around and wait and find out. Look, look no further than Kansas. Because Kansas learned last time. There's going to be realignment. Kansas got left out, and they were going to end up in the Mountain West. And all that stuff fell apart. But now Kansas is like, oh, no, no. We're not going to wait. We're not going to wait and see what the Big 12 decides to do when it all shakes out. We'll go talk to the Big 10. And schools and conferences that act first are going to be much better positioned uh, to have a, have a voice going forward. The AAC is being aggressive, although today – Mike Oresco, the commissioner, was very careful to follow legal guidelines. Of course. Right? Has to. Because the Big 12 is suggesting, you know, this lawsuit against ESPN saying that ESPN was working with the AAC to destroy the Big 12. And Oresco, the commissioner, said our conference has never strategically aligned or plotted with ESPN to influence conference <laughs> structures, which we know behind the scenes there, there, there had to be discussions. Of course they have. Now, if anyone was dumb enough to send an email or, you know, freaking hard copy proof, then they're screwed. So we'll yeah. see what comes out of this. I but, mean, but the AAC is 
The bottom line is it seems like the AAC is active, but I don't want to say the Mountain West is doing nothing because I don't know. But I just based on the history, it, you know, there's been many cases where the Mountain West has been left hanging there, and they're like, "Wait, you're leaving too? Yeah, you're leaving." And they've they've recovered. They've added some nice schools over the years. San Jose, not so much. Utah State, yes, good grab. Yeah, but I, I think in terms of you know conferences and whether they're talking to networks, yes, yes, they, like the, yes. All of them are. Like the networks are making the decisions here. Of course they're talking to them. Number three. Boy, Dodgers Stadium last night. That was rough. They lost, Dodgers, but man, the fans, they had their say with the Astros. They had some chance going. They were throwing trash cans out on the field. It was great. Astros are good though. They it are. pains me to say it. They're freaking really good. And Lance McCullers pitched a good game. Dodger bats. Couldn't get going. Really, Walker Bueller pitched a really good game. He pitched a brilliant he game. He was awesome. Now he's 11-2, and two, I think, because he got the loss. Yep. He was great. There goes the Cy Young. Sure. He's out. Still in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I I was happy because I bet the Astros. I thought it was an insane number in that game last night. Uh, but it was it was fun for the Dodgers fans, I think, even in a loss, to finally have that release. Yeah. Like, they've been waiting for this. They've been wanting this so badly. And they finally got their chance at the Astros. Now they lost the game. But at least they feel like they maybe won the battle. A couple of things got under my skin, as often happens. Shocking. Right? Oh, because you're you're the you're you're Mister you're, you're Mister Keep It Together. You don't get annoyed by stuff either. Very even keeled and mild. Yes. yes. Um, Alvarez hits a home run, and I'm listening to the call on Houston TV, and they have a guy named Todd Callis who's doing it, and I've heard him do this the last couple of weeks. He's been real salty and like real defensive of the Astros. And last night when Alvarez hit the home run, they started going into this whole thing like, oh, used to be with the Dodgers, <laughs> like laughing, like really yucking it up. I don't, I don't, this is such a stupid point, but it's just the way I think sometimes because I'm such a fan. Todd Callis' dad was Harry Callis. So he grew up around the Phillies. Like, bro, stop with the Astros fandom. Just call the G damn game. You know, like, you, know you don't have to be super fan and go over the top. For the dopey Astro fan sitting at home, we know you're a Phillies fan. This is not honest. Now, me yelling is stupid. Me getting worked up, oh, and no one in this market has any idea who Todd Callis. I mean, you should know Harry Callis. Harry Callis. Right. The voice was but it's just, I'm like, hey, you're a Phillies fan. Stop. Right. You're getting all blustery bro- about the Astros. I cheer for this team because they signed my paycheck. Right. Stop. Which, okay, that that is a topic. Of course. When you see super fans of whatever, you know. I'm a Giants fan, and now all of a sudden I'm a Raiders backer. Cut it out. Or, or I'm the biggest Raiders fan of all time, but now go 49ers. Yeah. Who could that be? And I guess uh, someone, I guess someone <laughs> could come to me a couple minutes and go go and say, uh, "Well, oh, UNLV over, huh? Yeah, it's one and a half wins." <laughs> and Adam was like, "He's busting my chops." I didn't say eight. You picked a bowl game. I remember. Uh, oh, I didn't. I, you know what's funny is that I was also listening to a partisan telecast, or not the telecast, they broadcast. Yeah. I was listening to the Dodgers radio call. And I think Steiner kind of messed up. Yeah. Not messed up. He did it right. But he was calling it. And he's like, you know, Alvarez swings. It's a long, long fly ball to the right. Field. Like, he forgot. He like forgot he wasn't supposed to be. He thought he was no, supposed to be like. Should. That he was like you all should. in. You should. Like, oh. You was, should get excited. The audience needs to know. I mean, I've done this lecture. It's diatribe a million times. Dan Duva with the Knights is awesome. Incredible. You always know something big is happening, even if it sucks for the Knights. Sure. Just call the game. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. Ugh. And by the way, you can get excited for the other team. 
Sometimes something really cool happens. You might get excited. In that scenario, he was like, "Wow!" What? Oh, yeah. Not supposed it's to, not. It's not just doing it muted. It was kind of the. It was the. Um, well, that wasn't muted because it was an Astros home run. But something happened to the Astros last week, and I heard a call, and he like he mumbled. I'm like, I mean, maybe I'm getting I'm getting myself in the crosshairs here with a. Uh, you know, one of the guys who worked with Tim Neverett. I don't I don't think Tim does that. But if Tim did, it would be like, Tim, you're a Red Sox fan. Let's not – like, you don't have to be Dodger <laughs> super fan. Right. It, it's it's crazy. Like, just just call it. We don't, we're, we'll be fine. We, we're adults. Although, you know what? Now that I say that, a, a lot of people aren't. Yeah, they want, they we want watched, that. We watched this year yep. where all of a sudden Knights fans were like, NBC hates the Knights. Why? Because they're calling the game straight up? Which I – I, I watch the games. I never, and I, I was, you know, I'll admit I want to see the hometown team do well in that case. I never, it never entered my mind well, then I, that they were slanted. And, and then you told me about it. I was like, what? and then I, I had, uh, they were hanging at a bar one night and some ladies watching the game and she's like, oh, these announcers. And I'm like, what? Because they want them to be very, very partisan in their favor. International and, and announcers. Listen, I asked every, I did it multiple times during the playoffs. Hey, give me one example. I'll, I'll pull, I'll pull the audio. I'll watch it. I'll see what, and nobody could. Were you gonna lean on the uh, vast Lotus Sound Crew? No, I. You no, made, I had the broadcast. I had the Game Pass. Thing. You. I didn't know you were calling audio. Out. Good, we can put you to work. Uh, are you gonna bet against the Dodgers tonight? Scherzer minus two forty. I actually was looking against Odorizzi. Um, Odorizzi had like a really good stretch, like six starts ago, where it was like four straight starts without allowing a run. Uh, that's kind of over. Struggled a little bit. Um, I think the Dodgers win. I think the number's too high. I was looking at the under, but those are like two of the best offenses in the league. So I'm just gonna leave it alone. Number two. I feel like you are a big pat yourself on the back guy when you're on something early. Well, when I and, the, when, and a story and a story this. starts to develop, <laughs> I think you I think you're sir. I think you're doing a victory lap here, and it's it's not really a victory you want, but I think you're doing a victory lap because a lot of people push back on you. Adam is the master of it's his thing, and it's actually a really smart thing to do. And I don't think you're like it's a bit, but you've. The last five years, you've really been strong on a quarterback comes out in the first year and shows some good signs, but you will always find a way to go, stop, calm down. There's reasons why this quarterback may not be, you know, freaking the next Aaron Rodgers. Here's why. And you got on Joe Burrow in the offseason based on some of the stuff you saw in some analytics. I noticed it when we talked to uh, Mo Egger who covers the Bengals in Cincinnati. We talked to him on Monday, and you threw a question at him like, you know, kind of negative on Burrow in one aspect, and he pushed back a little bit. And now I see a story today. Burrow's last couple of days have been really bad. Like, concerning. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people at camp like, um, anybody else watching what, what we're watching here? I mean, he's coming off a super serious injury. And is. then your concern was, and you've, you've quoted the numbers and you've said it a million times. While he was very good in some aspects, he was not good on throwing the deep can, ball. Can I give Bengals fans hope? Joe Burrow was historically bad. Historically bad. And anything over 20 yards. There's only like one quarterback in the history of the world that was anywhere close to his bad. <laughs> and it's Josh Allen. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, yeah. I guess in some, you know, on, on some level, you could have some hope there. Uh, but he... He was really, really bad. Anything over 20 yards last year, he's been just as bad, if not worse, anything over 20 yards in camp so far, according to people that are watching. Now, again, as you said, coming off an injury, like I'll push back now on people that are pushing back. It's early in camp. He's still trying to figure out his footwork. He doesn't, from what they're saying, he's worried about where every step goes. And he, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt again, which is understandable. 
I get it. But I mean, there there was concerns last year about his deep ball, and people were like, "What? What? Look at the numbers, three hundred yards. You can't throw the ball over twenty. That's a problem. It's a problem." He's a six four Doug Flutie. Everything's underneath. Just <laughs> right. catch and run. Just dump it off and hope they make plays. And by the way, his yeah. receiving core, he can throw to Mixon, he can throw to those receivers, and they can probably make plays. So that could work to some degree. But if you're an NFL quarterback that can't throw past twenty yards. That's probably that's probably concerning, and and there does sound to be some concern coming out of Bengals camp right now. Number one today was Derek Carr day. It's always good to hear the quarterback of the Raiders sure. speak. Good stuff today, I thought. Really good stuff. We'll get to the Marcus Mariota offense in just a little bit. We'll get to Adam Hill. I think has a real connection with Carr. You really impressed him today but uh he was also talking about carl nassib it's the big five at five brought to you by battleborn injury lawyers if you've been injured call justin watkins at battleborn injury lawyers 570-9000 you're listening to cofield and company on espn las vegas coach gruden said the other day that with waller not practicing and now he's not practicing again today that they they switched up the script and he would he said he was you know encouraged by what he saw what how has it been like for you the last couple of days um you know he told me i was going to get more opportunities with waller you know down for a little bit and um i'm trying to make the most of those opportunities words of Terrell Owens? No, not Terrell Owens. Randy? Not Randy Moss. Devontae Adams? No. Uh, But Brian Orders is having a hell of a camp, and uh, people are speaking glowingly of him. And he just mentioned that with uh, Waller down for a while, he's going to get some more opportunities. He's got to take advantage of that. We don't think there's anything serious going on with the Raiders' tight end. I saw him lifting. Okay. I'm just going to say I don't think if there was anything really wrong, that he'd be lifting. Okay. Even if it was like an ankle, I don't think you would have him in there. <laughs> like, uh, you know your ankles yeah. hurt. Go, go bench. Like, no, nah, I think he's all right. Overall NFL picture. Are we going to get more testing? Sounds like with it. the players. Sounds I saw like the NFLPA requested that vaccinated players, yeah, test every day, every day that they're at the facility. Okay, which is a key distinction because one of the issues last year, um, and again, I not complaining about it, but I'm telling you, I went through the same process the players did for testing and there's no days off. So like Tuesday and Saturday are usually days that you don't go to the facility, players, media, everyone. You'd still have to go in to get tested on those days. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the request would be if you're entering the facility on a particular day, you have to test that day. Is this an idea from the NFLPA based on safety or is this, Hey, we overcommitted. And now the unvaccinated players are pissing and moaning. Sounds so like you think it's the latter? It sounds like it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Really? It sounds like it. Stop. Now, there, there is also There's the no issue. Way. The breakthrough cases are an issue for sure. Right. Um, but I, I feel like it's more, it's an undue burden on the unvaccinated. They also don't want to be identified. Of course it is. Wow. The point of, of these things is to not force, but say, Listen, you have every right to not get vaccinated, but you are going to have to live by different set of rules. Not anymore. There's still going to be some rules that are different. But now when it comes to testing. Now, not, we don't know that this is like official. It. Yeah, it seems like it. 
Uh, Adam Hill tweet a little while ago, story that he wrote, Derek Carr speaks on gay teammate, Carl Nassib. Let's hear what he had to say. Whether you agree or disagree with someone, like like we talk about all the time, like in the in this country, if you disagree with someone, you automatically hate them. And I'm like, it couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, like I know a lot of people that disagree with me or I disagree with them and they're some of my best friends. You know what I mean? Okay. Sounds okay to me. Is there an issue? I was definitely taken aback. Play it again. Whether you agree or disagree with someone, like like we talk about all the time, like in the in this country, if you disagree with someone, you automatically hate them. And I'm like, it couldn't be farther from the truth, you know. Like, I know a lot of people that disagree with me, or I disagree with them, and they're some of my, my best friends. You know what I mean? You're looking at me, and then you're doing the eyebrow raise. So I don't, I'm missing what what he said it's, that was pissing people off. Well, I mean, you're you're talking about like he's making a, a policy decision you don't agree with. Like it's, it, it's not you. You don't disagree with. It sounds like you're. So this is like he's making a lifestyle. He's making a comment on gun control, and people would say, "Hey, this isn't a decision for right. Carl Nassib. This is who he is." Yeah. Now I, I'm not, I'm not like outraged or you know, Derek Carr needs to be canceled. Like there's nothing like that because I don't think there's any evil intent or ill intent of Derek Carr. I don't. By, by the way, I just so you know, he's used this line. I swear, he used something very similar in that interview a few weeks back in Tahoe. Right, but it's just when it's about it's about just the the process of you know acceptance and all those other things and and allyship and and all the things that are talked about. But in in his case, I feel like and I've been consistent about this, like when people are trying to be good and trying uh-huh. to say the right things, yep. don't nitpick on the that, words. This is why if people are slicing and dicing that part of the statement, that completely pisses me off yeah. because you know this is really difficult to speak about. Of course it is. For a lot of people. Of and I guess people could be like, why? Grow up! Like, that's not reality. A lot of people have not dealt with this before. And in a football environment... It is something different. And I'm not saying we have to talk about Carl Nassib's sexuality every day, but it is an adjustment for some people. And as they try to work their way through it, they may say some things where you're like, whoa, whoa, okay. Yeah. There's got to be a little cushion there. And there are some people that are going to say, like, this is not the baby. Like, no, it's not even that. That was, that was ridiculous. That that kid is a moron. Right. It's not that. That was hateful. Of course. It's not funny. It was hateful. And I think when, you know, if you're going to say, well, you know, he said the wrong thing also like, no, there's, there's degrees and there's levels. And I just, what makes me mad about, you know, so-called, you know, cancel culture and political correctness and all that is like, some people are just gross and say disgusting things and are awful and they should be judged for what they say. Other times people are trying to be, as we said, allies or trying to say the right thing and trying to be on the right side of an issue. And they use the wrong term or the wrong phrase. And like we treat them just as badly as we do of people that are like that are ignorant and awful like it, it shouldn't be that way and so yes i if you read what Derek carr said and even if you listen to it i know that there is a segment of the population that's like bro what do you mean you disagree with him he's he's trying to understand and he's trying to he's trying to be on the right side of this he's not trying to be evil he's 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 trying to do the right thing by the way i just got what people were upset at What's that? that he said I dis I dis right. that yes. I disagree. Yeah. Okay. So you could take that like, with this I, is not, I disagree with his sexuality. Right. Again, like this is this is not 
it's not like I we have a disagreement about like me and my best friend scream about policy matters all the time. We disagree about a lot of things. Yeah. But if he was like, you know, I'm gay, I wouldn't be like, I disagree with you. And I, like, it's, that's not how it's supposed to be. When he came in, I, I, I just like to watch, you know, and not one person from my point of view has treated him any different. He may have a different story. I don't know. I don't know what his story is. But from my point of view, you know, his locker is just a few down, you know, from mine. And I just, I, I want to make sure that, you know, he knows that, man, we just want him to play as hard as he can so we can win a Super Bowl. You know, like that's what we're here to do. You know, whether someone agrees or disagrees with what he does on or, or off the field, that's everybody's opinion and leave it like that. But, you know, we're still a family when we come in this building. You know, we better treat him like such. And so from my point of view, it's been it's been good. But I don't know if Carl would say the same. I don't know. But from, from what I've seen, it's been good. All right. So he said it again. They, they agree or disagree with what someone does off the field. Okay. It's, it's it's problematic language, but you also have to understand intent. And and I've I think on this show, like we've been pretty consistent about that. It is always about intent. And I don't think there's any ill intent about anything that Derek Carr said there. The phones are always open on Cofield and Company. Call 702-364-1100 now. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. I like that. I like what just happened there. Adam Hill trying to be, you know, well-reasoned. He usually is. <laughs> but uh, you and Derek Carr have a connection now. I, I could, I could I hear that. that. I, could, I could hear you in the... Well, you told a story yesterday about Carr connecting with a receiver and, like, that they, you know, they kind of zoned in on each other and it worked who was it hunter renfro okay so he and renfro you know they got this connection so then adam gets to the press conference he's like i'm gonna ask that question let's see how well, Derek, let's see how Derek on, Carr I, reacts I, I no, no, no 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 I gotta my set, setup's good i'll set this up. that's fine because that did happen but here's what happened they there was two questions there was they were like last question and me and another reporter both were like ah, i got it like we both had a last question and it was. It turns out it was both the same. So the other reporter went. It was Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, and asked the Carl Nassib question, which I also was going to ask. And so then they're like, "Last question," and I was like, "That was my question." <laughs> so now I had to think of something very quickly because I was like, "I have the last question. What's it going to be?" It worked out. I, I think Derek liked it. How much maybe dangerous in there is that if, if he doesn't see your eyes or let, yeah. how much do you have to trust somebody to? Got to be on the same page. You know, I'm not gonna throw that that kind of ball to many people, right? Time on task. You know, every time we throw, we work on scramble drills at the end um, in the off season with my wideout. So um, every day, Zay, Zay Jones has been there every day since he showed up as a Raider. And Zay's a guy who he caught one today, one of those, um, where he made eye contact, backed up, and I threw it. He made the corner miss. He knew exactly where I was going to throw it. And there's just such a it's, it's almost where it comes like soccer. There's such a, such a beautiful thing about soccer. It's such a feel kind of game, you know, uh, where you got to read things and feel it out. And that's when that happens, you know, um, and that's our version of it. You know, he, he was working this way and, and he knew I was looking at him. So he knew I wasn't going to throw it. So I, I just ripped it back there and he knew, he knew it was going to happen. And he's a guy even has a great feel for that. Even as rookie year, I think he caught, um, a game winner against the lions where he just, he outran like three dudes because he just knew where I needed him. And uh, he just has a – Hunter is just special. You know, he's got a great feel for that stuff. So, 
Yeah, there was a point where uh, when you had asked the question where Derek Carr was like, you saw that, huh? Yeah, he was you saw that. He was impressed with my... Like, you really know football. Yeah, my observation skills. <laughs> Bro, I got mad respect for you. You know the game. You see the little things. Now, now you're just adding to... He, he, he just, said all that. He didn't. Somehow the vast sound crew cut that, that part out, which is what I was building towards, <laughs> yeah, but you know. It happens. Not always on top of it. It happens. I'll, I'll give the truth. I, I may have grabbed a cut and blew it, but... It was very impressive. You, you seem to have a connection. Um, he was in a good mood today, uh, talking about Carl Nassib, talking about uh, vibing with his receivers. And he's also, he's very fired up about this idea that people throughout the last couple of days, including uh, Richie Incognito, hey, goal line time, why don't we have a Marcus Mariota offense? Yeah, he's so fast, you know, like like you saw with Breeze, you know, and Taysom, like when you have weapons like that, then... Once he touches the field once, people have to put that on a card and practice against it, among the thousand of other things that we do. You know what I'm saying? And so, I trust me, I've been begging to put him out there so I can catch a touchdown. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, hey, Marcus, you know, me and Marcus, every time every time he goes out there and I go to receiver, I'll tell Marcus, like, bro, throw just one time, throw it to me. See what, don't worry about Gru, I'll talk to him. <laughs> but no, no, I, I love it, man. And I love Marcus. Like, he's awesome. He's good. He's, like I said, I, I told him the other day, I, said, I think he runs a 4-3 now. Like, I think he's faster than what he was, you know, coming after he broke his ankle, which we did the same day. Derek Carr's a much better man than I am. I 100% would be like, don't ever play him. Uh, he's a threat to me. I can run it in. I'll run whatever package you need. He ain't playing. I'm very selfish well, that way. That was my translation of what Derek Carr That's not said. No, that's not what he <laughs> yes, said. But that's what I would say. It's what he, it's what he meant. Like, are you serious? I'm the starting quarterback. I'm, we're in the red zone. I got a rhythm here. You're not taking me out for a play. And then I got to come in on some third after that play fails. I got to come in on third and 14. We don't score. We get a field goal instead. And then no one remembers what happened, and I get blamed. That's, that's me. Basically what he said. That's not, that's not what is, Derek Carr was thinking. That's meant. me. That's what he meant. That's uh, me. Also, you notice he didn't say come out. He's like, I'll just go to receive. Right. <laughs> but he's not coming off the field. Which I got I have to say in that case, like, you're not staying on the field. No. They have so many weapons. They're not. You're not no. staying on the field. No, you're coming out. And it might be not might not be a Mariota play. It would be a drive. Whoa. Like the Mariota offense. Yeah. I thought it was just in the red zone. Now oh, we're expanding the Mariota pack. Is that what incognito meant? I think so. I don't think that's yeah, I mean, I feel like you're inferring a lot of stuff here. Well, you you translated Carwell. I translated myself, the selfish individual, highly competitive. I need to keep my job, guy. Tomato, tomato. It's not. It's not even close. <laughs> not one bit. Derek Carr is not happy that there's a Marcus Mariota package. He's not begging for the Marcus Mariota package. I'm just going to speak for him right now. Make sure you get to uh, lvsportsnetwork.com. We got a great contest going on. It's our uh, summer chill contest. That means you can win a. Brand new king or queen size Tempur-Pedic Pro Adapt flat set. That's from Best Mattress. Best Mattress is awesome. And the set's worth up to $4,100. All you got to do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com. You enter. You're in. Um, well, click on the Summer Chill Sweepstake banner first and follow the prompts. And then you are in. It's all courtesy of Best Mattress, Best Service, and Selection. 23 locations in Nevada and in Utah. So it's time to chill. Get up there. Get into the contest. LV Sports Network. Dot com is where you go. It's open to Nevada residents 18 or older. You know how cheap I am? We were talking about yes. your super expensive coffee drinks, you and Dan Campbell. I would absolutely have a conniption if someone pushed a receipt to me and my beer had just cost $27 
plus fees. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company Late Night Pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Adam Hill is here. Very spirited the last couple of days. Been yelling a lot, getting worked up. I think he's got a really good story on the way, but... Uh... You okay? You were you were yelling at Justin Watkins yesterday. You freaking snapped off on me for my peacock take. I won't ever bring that up again. You are tired. Uh, man, you ripped me a new one yesterday. And then I got home and I was like, eh, I still think I'm right. But I guess what he said makes sense that just because I don't want to pay for peacock, like their overall business plan, they should not be putting their, their best Olympic product on live TV late at night when they want to you know, put stuff in prime time and they want to save it for later. So I have to, I have to use the paywall or go online. I'll be on there again tonight. I think it'll work. My God, you're going to find out on Twitter if it doesn't, because I will piss and moan about it. Well, luckily, NBC Olympics.com worked the other day for me. Peacock will work. Doesn't NBC. I don't have it. It's not going to work. I'm not paying $5. Get it. Uh, doesn't NBC Olympics.com only work. I think you get a, you have to get a free preview, right? Uh, no, it actually. Oh, if you have a cable company, the then... first half. Uh, worked and then it, it that screen came up and I was like, Come on! and then it actually asked for the TV provider and actually mine mine was on mine's Hulu I have like Hulu Live so it actually it counted. Well, you so. mentioned uh, the other day I had to watch on my it phone. Counted, whatever. It I had to watch on my phone because I didn't have internet in my house. Do you have internet? I have a temporary solution. Yes. What is going on here? It's it was a disaster. Cox sent a new for like a week. A local well, internet I mean, you really, provider. You know what? In this in this case, like. Hey, we don't like to mention brands on the air. I mean, in this case, like you, you probably have that company's internet. That's the way it works. I upgraded, so I I had to get I'm a never new, upgrading now. I had to get a new modem and router to upgrade the internet service. Yeah, and then it was working for like a week, and then Cox is like, "Okay, now the the inter, the local internet company <laughs> was like, okay, now that you have the modem and router working, we can send the new improved signals. So you can have the maximum available internet." And I was like, "Great." They send the signal through, and it knocks the router offline. And they're like, yeah, we don't know how to fix that. You're going to have to send it back into the company. And and then so then you're caught in between. And then you're, I was like, okay, so basically what you're saying is while I'm waiting for the new one to come, it's going to be a week without internet, which I have cut the well, cord. So I, a, all my TV is on the internet. Everything's disaster. on the internet. I have to work on the internet. Like, I, I have no internet for a week. Like, why am I even living? It's insane. So now I have a temporary solution for the next week until I get the, the new router. It's Bottom line is, I, I went thir- like 12 hours without it, and it was a nightmare. Uh, but I did watch the game on my phone. But now I have Peacock on my TV again, so I can watch the game on TV tonight. I'm happy. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do you ever get to the airport early? No, oh, God, no. I figured it, it was a no. No. That's in- that's an insane question. All right. Are you ever uh, late? When you're late and you're hungry and you have to pick up something in a hurry, do you ever go into one of these shops or a restaurant and you're like, oh, my God, this is how much money I have the to prices? spend? Prices? Yeah. Uh, no, I know you can expense it, but you're terrible with that, so I you're probably going yeah, to no, pay I, for it I 80% pay myself. of the time. I pay myself. Yeah. Um, I would never expense an airport meal. You, you better. No, never. You better start doing it. No. That's that's your decision. That you, If you find yourself eating it there, unless you had a flight canceled, like you put yourself in the position to have to do that. I'm not going to try. I think this is ridiculous for you to build this case. You all you do is work up until the last minute, 
you could use the excuse i was working for you of course you're gonna pay for my meal at the airport yeah but i'll be working at like a like a starbucks and then so i should be able to eat there what a scone (laughs) they've expanded their menu haven't they they got a salad and they've got the egg bites now which is phenomenal a headline laguardia traveler posted a photo of a restaurant selling a 28 dollars sam adams beer prompting a price audit of the entire menu when they got caught they were like oh it was a mistake it's supposed to be 18 like that doesn't make it better $27 for a Sam Adams. Now, locally, the uh, whatever, the airport commission said, all right, we're not going to gouge. So what you can do is you can charge 10% higher than local market right. rate. And then the numbers they mentioned, I was like, I don't think that's what they're basing it on. But they're like, a local bar around LaGuardia, Sam Adams is like 8 and 10. I'm like, okay, that. But I, I'm telling you, the, the whole, the, this is ridiculous. Because not only was it $27, right, and they got caught. They were, on top of that, charging a 10% COVID recovery fee. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, By the way, none of that money goes to the server or the bartender or you know, and people get manager. Mad at, and people get mad and they take it away from the tip. Right. Which really there sucks. Which 20, really sucks. $27 beer at the airport. Somewhat related, but but not. Uh, how about this one last night? And I, they might be right. They should ask. We were out at a, at a restaurant last night, a few, few of us. I heard. Be nice if I got an invite. You sometime. did get an invite. You decided not to go. I don't know about that. Uh, how about uh, we should do this whole thing? The, it was so why decided. You it? You're teasing this beautifully. Di- yes, and we have a minute the left. The dinner was decided at like two thirty, and then I gave you the invite at two forty-five, and you're like, ah, "I need more time. I need more time." Like we just decided fifteen minutes. What do you need more time I already, for? I had a commitment. Okay, we just. But don't say we need more time. Just say no. We we just decided to go. You can't say you didn't get an invite if we just decided. It's insane. But. We were deciding on appetizers. I, of course, was like, they wanted to get calamari. We did. And then I was like, ah, but the antipasti plate, because, like, you know, it's meat and cheese. It's good for me. Uh, and they were like, okay, we can do that. Here it was go. $18. Yeah. The check comes at the end. $50. I was like, wait a minute. Well, what happened 50, here? Wait, 50 a piece? No, just for the, the antipasti plate. What? And I was like, well, what happened what, here? What'd you look at, the small versus the large? No. The lady goes, well, when there's more people at the table, we put more items on there, and then we charge you more. And I was oh, like, well, no we way. didn't ask for more. Really? We didn't ask for any more. That, that was your entree, basically. Yeah, I was like, I was the only one getting it, but well, what are you doing? She's like, triple, oh, just, we just triple the, the price, though. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. She she took it off. Oh, wow. But I was like, yeah, you, you can't just decide randomly to you, give us a larger you one. You bumped up her tip. Of course. Good for you though. That that's a uh, that's unheard of. I've never seen you fight for yourself. Prepost- well, I had other people there that are more fighters that did it. <laughs> I just pointed it out. And then <laughs> they, them, they, they, they got your ah, <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah. You gotta hang out with yeah. aggressors. Sure. I would have liked to seen that. That's okay. excellent. You can talk about it on Friday night. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I love the aggressors. Um I love what's going on with the Avalanche. This may not be good news for the Vegas Golden Knights, but they're turning things around, man, because that was a listless team when it counted the most. What's happening here? There's so much here, but uh, I'll, I'll try to give the short version. A former teammate of Nathan McKinnon, a former Avalanche player, was uh, doing an interview in Russia, and he compared McKinnon to Michael Jordan in the last dance. He said he is basically just a lunatic. Now, he was actually speaking positively. He goes, this is the reason why they're successful. Nathan McKinnon is out of his mind. He said, if you miss a pass in practice, he would skate over and literally scream at you. If the puck ends up on his skates, 
and not even on his skates, just barely misses his stick by a tiny bit, even like 15 centimeters. He doesn't move his stick to catch the puck. He stops practice, turns around, slaps the puck at you, and tells you to get it right. Wow. Which is insane. He also is unreal about his nutrition. He walked in the locker room two years ago, said, no more soda, no more snacks. Get it out of here. Also, no more pasta. We're going chickpea pasta. That's better for you. That's oh what we're God. eating. And he only eats from his personal chef. Uh, he will not drink anything but water. No Gatorade, no alcohol, nothing. Only water. And he demands everybody else do the same. Stick your hand in there, Dave. That's a good setup. You want to win tomorrow. or not? Yeah, that's a good setup for tomorrow. Because I got to think about this. I have the processes. Uh, we did get a call late in the show from Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy told Ari that Peacock is free. Jimmy, I've been through this. I'm not a moron. It's not free if you cut the cord, all right? I don't have Cox Cable. It's free on there. It's been explained to me. It's not free. All right, Jimmy?